0: hey uh, <laughs> Hey, everyone welcome to the sister show no I'm just kidding welcome to it's not just your family with Brittany Lauren and Aaron Noel sorry we missed you last month due to scheduling and miscommunication on my part um, and also I worked 50 hours a week four weeks in a row Fifty plus yeah we missed last month and but now we're back it's the month of March we're halfway through and I can't believe it it's pretty crazy Brittany um what have you been doing like the last couple of months what can what can you tell everyone about yourself (laughs) aside from working crazy hours yeah um oh well okay so this is the time in high school forensics for all the competitions so usually I uh like every other weekend or so I would be driving to different colleges and high schools around the southeast Detroit metro area to judge and be at schools from like 8 a.m to 5 p.m um but because of the pandemic, we're doing it all virtually, which has its upsides, which is that I don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. I can wake up at 7:30 and let my dogs out and make coffee and still be ready in time for the judges meeting at 8 a.m. And in between judging rounds, instead of just wondering what I'm gonna do at this random school with no Wi-Fi, and I take my dogs <laughs> out. Have to have Wi-Fi gotta have wi-fi uh I take my dogs on a walk so that's been basically what I've been doing every weekend um since the end of January plus working crazy hours we're really busy at work and oh I did go with my mom and our niece I said I should say our mom and our niece to Grand Rapids last week and we went to go see the butterflies at the meyer gardens which was really nice awesome for anyone who doesn't know what forensics is can you give like a quick elevator pitch yes um forensics is essentially public speaking so there are two categories within that there's um speech which is sales pitches broadcasting um persuasive speech impromptu speech you know they get a category at the beginning of the day and they have to make an entire speech based off of that um and then there's the individual events which is poetry interpretation prose interpretation uh original prose monologues scenes um duo more scenes or multiple scenes yeah so like more theatrical type stuff but it all falls under public speaking so i did it once in middle school, I did one competition and I did a multiple. Now she's an and we, expert judge. <laughs> right. Well, we did a multiple and it was, um, it was First Wives Club, but then I got very involved in theater uh, in high school. And at the time, my theater teacher did not like forensics just because he wasn't the forensics coach. So all of his theater kids who also did forensics, they would have, um, conflicts with the rehearsal schedule. So we'd always just get frustrated, like we're supposed to be rehearsing and you're doing this forensic stuff, but now he's the forensics coach. So he's very into it. So he's asked me to come judge That's the last cool. couple of years that I've been living at home, which is nice. That's great. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done anything productive like judging high school forensics, but <laughs> I have I watched seasons one through six of Younger. Which productive my friend Brittany shout out to my friend Brittany she's a listener not Brittany my sister Brittany my friend in New York who got me into the show I first started watching it I was having a hard time with it I didn't like it at first she's like just continue to push through and then I could not wait until 6 30 every night when it was like dark enough that I could be like okay it's time to turn on the tv and now I can keep watching younger so I finished it I think in like three weeks <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Do you have a rule for yourself that you're only allowed to watch TV when it's dark out? I have lots of strange rules for myself. Oh, okay. and I, that's something that I've been unwinding uh, this year is I've realized I put all of these expectations on myself that no one has told me I need to do. <laughs> so like one of them is like, Aaron, you need to work out first thing in the morning. So if I don't work out in the morning, it's hard for me to get motivation later in the day because I think I'm supposed to do it first thing. Or Uh like if I'm in the mood to take a shower before I work out, no, Erin, you can only take a shower after you work out. Nobody's ever said this to me. I've just had all these weird rules. So for no reason, but I've realized this about myself in quarantine or not, we're not really in quarantine anymore, but I've realized this about myself in the pandemic that I've made all of these rules over my life and that's one of the weird ones, like, and I think it's, I think it's part of the Michigan girl in me that if it's nice outside, like, I feel guilty watching mm. TV, mm-hmm. so it's, like, an after 6 30 p.m. thing, like, the sun's down, it's appropriate to watch TV, I don't know, <laughs> it was kind of funny when I, like, got to know myself more this year, yeah, uh, just learning those nuances about myself, like, just funny, stupid things like that. Like the shower thing was really funny. And I was like, you know what, Erin, you're going to take a shower and you're going to like it and you can work out and then you can take another shower. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) do you remember when we went to hot eight yoga, um, for the first time together back in like 20, I mean, I remember going with you, but I don't remember the first time. So we went like for the first class. And I, (laughs) one of the things that I thought was so funny is I put you as (laughs) my emergency contact, and you were like, we're in the same class, what is that gonna do? And then your emergency contact was mom, and I was like, mom's in Michigan, what's that gonna do? <laughs> but uh, so the, teacher, <laughs> the teacher who was uh, conducting the class had just come out of the shower, and she was like checking people in, and you said to her, you were like, did you just take a shower before we're about to do a yoga class? <laughs> and I remember her answer Um, really was like interesting. She was like, well, yeah, like in yoga, you know, you're, you're sweating like in hot yoga, you're sweating a lot and your pores are open. So it's just better for your like your body to be clean. So you're not opening pores and like letting all the, and you were like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) it was a good answer. She probably started getting my wheels turning about the shower. I, I don't know why. I also have this other weird rule that I don't do this so much anymore but i want to buy all my products at the same time so like i want my shampoo conditioner to like go out at the same time and i get very mm. upset if i have to buy one before the other just really silly you know not important details but made me laugh yeah so Things but, but if you haven't like watched younger beholden to yeah and i don't know why it must be stuff from our childhood which we're going to talk about today but this is not a plug for younger but it kind of is. The new season Welcome is to the Younger out. Podcast. <laughs> yes. The new season is coming out April 16th. My friend just told me about it, Brittany, who I love. Brittany, my friend in New York, not Brittany, my sister, just clarifying. Again. <laughs> and I, I'm very excited because there might be a spin-off with Hillary Duff. And I've already DM'd her about it. She hasn't <laughs> she has not responded. But I've let her know How that. Dare she? Is, Yeah, I mean, she needs to make it happen, Hillary. Yeah, Hillary, come on, respond to the DM on the show right back to my DM. So yeah, so that's so that's that's that situation. But today, uh, we had a few ideas of things that we could talk about today. But I think before we start bringing guests on our show it was probably best for us to tell our own story so that people feel comfortable to tell theirs. So today we're going to talk about how our family's divorce happened from our perspective. We realized when we were older and adults that even though we went through the same thing, we went through it differently. And I think when you're looking at a group of siblings or at like one family unit, it's hard to imagine everybody's having different feelings around it. But I think when we've talked about situations that have happened in our past that I know Brittany remembers them differently than I do. And sometimes she remembers things that I don't and we're all processing differently. So we thought today would be great to talk about what our life was like before the divorce, kind of that period, right before our parents decided to separate. And then what that process was like when our mom told us that it was happening and then moving out and then kind of like when the dust started to settle in the new space and what that was like too. Cause I know whether you've been through it before you're going through it now within your family um, it can be a really isolating place to be because there's not, especially when, when it happened in our family, we were going to a conservative Christian school and there weren't a lot of divorced kids and families. So um yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So the biggest thing that I remember is how weird our parents were in comparison to my friend's parents. Mm-hmm. And I remember always thinking, but but not, because when you're a kid, you don't know what's normal. You don't know that if your family has issues or whatever, Um, you know, like if you have an abusive parent, you don't know that that's not how a parent should be. Mm -hmm. Um, or if your parents don't love each other, you don't know that that's not how Mm -hmm. a marriage should be. You know, like you, you just, you don't have any frame of reference, you know, outside of TV shows of what it should be like. Excuse me. I just almost burped a little bit. Um. you getting upset? Your stomach reacting? <laughs> no, <laughs> I made the TikTok pasta, and it called for a lot of oil, and it's like I had the leftovers for lunch, and it kind of hurt my tummy. Um, oh. okay. And so I just remember thinking. So one of the things that was really weird about our parents was they slept in two California king uh-huh. beds pushed together, yeah. and had a custom bed frame made for it, so you couldn't tell by looking at the bed because they had a custom bed frame and they had a custom comforter Topper. yeah yeah so the each mattress had its own set of sheets and pillows and what have mm-hmm. you but when mom would make her mom let's be honest when the maid would make the bed mm-hmm. which was another just very weird thing that we had um it would look like one bed because it wasn't like two bed frames pushed Mm -hmm. together and then you know it would look like one big bed so going over to friends houses if we happen to be upstairs and their parents bedroom door was open just seeing like that's a really weird small bed for parents to sleep you know yeah and then if the dad was coming home and gave the mom a kiss and was like and they were talking to Mm -hmm. each other like that, I just remember thinking that was really weird because our parents yeah didn't show physical affection they didn't talk to each other and I also thought it was weird that the kids didn't immediately get scared because dad was on his way home from work and you know oh yeah you know just like like being able to go talk to their dad about how their day was like I just remember thinking all of this was really weird but not knowing is it our family that's weird or is it their family that's weird so just automatically assuming like well, what we have going on must be fine because we go to Disney World every year. We get all the presents that we want at Christmas and our birthday and a lot of times in between those days. And just not realizing that that was not good, Mm -hmm. that that was not how it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, That's the biggest thing that I remember. I mean, like, I don't really. I I know we've talked about this. I don't really remember a ton of specifics, and I think that's just my brain protecting me. Mm -hmm. Um, like mom, for whatever reason, always brings up. I mean, I know why she always brings it up because she has her own guilt with everything. But um, she always brings up this picture I drew of dad. Like. On fire outside the house, Mm. Um, and that's one of the things that they talk about. You know, when you when people are in therapy, like if there's abuse, it's like usually toward like towards a child. When there's abuse, they're usually express it in that kind of way, where they express Mm -hmm. violent violence towards the abuser, but not them being violent towards the abuser. Violent things happening to their abuser. Mm-hmm. so that the abuse will stop. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting, like hearing your perspective. I don't think we've ever really talked about that, you and I, um, mm-hmm. at that level. I, I I, was, I mean, I still am such a creative. I think I was living in my own head a lot of the time. I remember reading The Babysitter's Club, like 10, 11, <clears throat> which was a few years before parents separated and christy's parents one of the girls in the book got a divorce and i remember reading the book thinking this will never happen in my family like Mm -hmm. divorce what is this i remember a specific incident i don't remember how old i was where our dad put like a spoonful of peanut butter in his mouth and like forced himself on my mom like to kiss her and i remember thinking about that and going that's weird and it made me uncomfortable and the other thing that I when I look back on my childhood I remember playing like prince and princesses with our babysitters and I was always scared to let the guy the guy catch me for whatever reason and I think that that was like of course I saw love being depicted in a way on, you know, a Disney princess movie or on TV, which we didn't watch a whole lot of that. Um, and I didn't think I knew what love looked like. And I, I, I don't have like that situation of like where you saw, you know, a bed. I do remember the bed and think like thinking it was so big. Um, but I do remember seeing couples and going I don't understand like I just didn't understand like what the connection was um but the summer before for me was I was 13 and so I was going through all that like puberty hormonal feelings type stuff and I remember our dad was really absent that summer I mean I don't even remember him being around at all uh and we were always remember specifics but i know that he traveled a lot right before like he was in london and hong kong and like right before he was traveling and that that whole scenario i feel like is a totally different episode yeah which we'll talk about another time um but i remember mom made a friend mo and Mm -hmm. we went always be driving around in her what was it what was the name of that station wagon Mm -hmm. and driving around Birmingham she would come over and swim in our pool and I could we weren't with mom a lot and it wasn't like she but there was just something going like something had shifted something had changed and all I remember that summer was like a lot of times in the pool a lot of trips in Mo's car because I guess mom was dealing with stuff and Mm -hmm. she needed somebody to take care of the kids um and I remember like hearing that song how was that how was that it's I I think of that song and there's a few songs that I think about like Spice Girls and like Hanson and that song that were like kind of those big songs of that summer and they like have such a sweet memory for me because it was like the summer before my entire life changed and -hmm. your life too and so that was like the last summer I felt like I was actually a kid because I was unaware of what was really going on and I didn't have the freedom to be a child after that I don't think any of us did even though you were more of a child than I was I was a teen Mm -hmm. like a very young teen but I, I do remember that. And I, I remember before any of this happened that having any kind of relationship with my dad was one based out of fear. And also a lot of begging and pleading for him to spend time with us. Mm-hmm. So it was never like, hey, dad, come swimming. It was, the answer was usually no, or he was hiding away in his office. So mm-hmm. we just, but there are so many people in our house throughout all of these years when our parents were together. Like Brittany said, like maids and we had nannies and mom would have parties at the house and our grandparents mm-hmm. would come over mm-hmm. and we would go to church every Sunday. It was, I don't think we, I think you said something really important where you said, you know, we didn't know anything else. We didn't know anything different. I didn't know, even know that we were like the rich family. I yeah. didn't know what that meant. Like yeah. that to me was foreign, not that that we were different. I mean, I went I remember going to people's houses and feeling like their homes like were very comfortable and cozy and loving being at my friends' houses because it was so different from the seven bedroom house that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um and there was a lot of space. I mean, we could have a whole episode about the silly things we used to do like on the intercom and lowering things down the laundry chute. I mean, we had a good yeah. time in that house, yeah. but that summer was, there was just a lot of strange dynamics that, again, I think I have blocked them out too, or I just don't remember a lot, but I remember certain mm-hmm. things and I'm trying to remember if that was my seventh grade year or if I know, yeah, it was going into my eighth grade year that we, for some reason I thought it was seventh grade, but it was going into eighth grade. And it was like, I remember we'd had like the first day of school and then it was Labor Day weekend. And normally Labor Day weekend, I forget what we would do. We'd go up to Harbor Springs. Right, yeah, we would go up North or something. We would be somewhere. And I, I won't forget this moment because the last time my mom sat me down. So I, in my bedroom growing up, I had a really great bedroom with two big windows and two twin beds. And I would often sit and look out and we had a great backyard with a pool and a swing set and what I called the forest, which was like, maybe just a few trees in the back. Yeah. It was honestly like <laughs> maybe six feet of a planted area of trees, but it was yeah. like, But it's magical. It was magical, but if mom looked out from the kitchen window and we were in there somewhere, unless we were hiding directly behind a tree, she could see us, but we were like, we're in the forest. (laughs) Yeah, but we did feel like it was a forest. It felt magical. Um, And, but the last time I remember before that was when she told me she was pregnant with Drake. And I was also sitting in that same spot, but I was looking out and she came in with Mo. The friend who drove the the station wagon and she said, Erin, we're, I'm leaving your dad. And I said, okay. And I remember not feeling super affected by it. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to know like, well, what am I supposed to do? And she said, don't say anything. And I said, okay. And she's like, the women from church are going to help us move out. I have somewhere for us to live. Um, and prior to that, I should back up a little bit. I guess all summer, mom was looking at houses. So whenever we drove around, I didn't know we were all planning to move. Mm-hmm. But I pointed out the house to her that that she now lives in. And I was like, oh, what about that house? And so I guess she checked it out. She could probably tell that story better than I do. But mm-hmm. she'd already found a rental house. She was planning to move and get us all out of there. I don't even think she told me why. I think it was just, you know, you need to start packing up your stuff. You can start packing up your clothes. And I remember going to my two closets because I used to spend a lot of time in there reorganizing and going through my stuff, which is another weird pattern that I still do now. You know, I love to pull stuff out and look at it. Uh, And just like saying goodbye to my room that I loved so much. And like, not really knowing what all of this meant or why or what what was going to happen next and I just I don't think I really fully understood what was happening but I remember that night or maybe it was the next day and I'll let you tell your story too because you tie into this but I remember dad saw like that your room was packed up or that your stuff was packed up and he confronted our mother and said you know what's going on and she basically said she told him that she was leaving because originally it was going to be like she was just going to pick up and leave and there's a lot of reasons behind why she was leaving and taking us out of the scenario but I I would I want to respect our mom and not share anything that's like actually her story um but I remember hearing my dad say, I don't care. Just take the kids and go. I don't care. Like screaming and saying, I don't care. Um, to hear that as a 13 year old from your dad when you already felt rejected was really probably the hardest thing about all of it was that he was so willing to let not just one kid and th- his wife, but like five children and his, his wife walk out the door. Yeah, and verbalize that was a really something I won't ever forget because and a lot of divorce stories that I've heard it's usually the parents who or one of the parents is like no please stay let's make this work but the fact that there was no making it work there was no um there's no savior factor in that from our dad, which is what dads are supposed to do. They're supposed to protect and hold and carry their kids and be there for them and father them. And, and there wasn't any of that. And that was a very big turning point. And I think when I heard that, I understood, even though my mom hadn't told me everything, yeah. what was going on. I mean, how could you not? Yeah and have had and have been having been in a few like romantic relationships now and dating and i haven't been married yet but when things go sour to be able to have those conversations and say this isn't working and this isn't working for me and like you can amicably leave you just kind of don't i it didn't now looking back i'm like yeah that was super unhealthy like who just lets their spouse go Mm-hmm. my finding out I guess was to call it that Um, was completely different literally which is understandable because I'm sure with five kids how old are, were you I was 10? 10 yeah. yeah I had yeah my last birthday in the house was 10 and I'm like telling you because Megan she told Megan too right you and Megan knew I don't uh, maybe Megan knew I don't remember cuz I feel like I feel like you both knew because only Chase and I went to school that day Oh and Drake okay. went to daycare preschool. Yeah preschool daycare yeah um you and Megan did not go and so I woke up in one house And went Mm. to bed that night in another. Mm. And how it was told to me was mom and dad aren't going to live together anymore. Mm. And we're going to live in this house, but you'll still be able to go to the other house. And Mm. you'll still be able to see dad. So... To me, like at first, going to the new house was very exciting okay. because it was a new house. Um, you and I were sharing, we shared a room for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I remember? September. I was very like upset about it. Yeah. I mean, I I'd never shared ab- a room. Yeah. I wasn't thrilled about it either. I didn't shared a room <laughs> either. Um, like we shared a room up until I got my braces, and then I started sleeping in Mom's room behind like a like basically what you have right. behind her behind a room divider. Um, and I remember when I went to school the next day telling two of my friends, Amanda and Rachel about it mm. and, Rachel and mom had said we're not getting a divorce. We're not getting a divorce, which I know was the plan in the beginning. That was the plan. Right. Yeah. That they would just never get divorced. Um, and they would just be separated. And so I was telling them, and I don't think I said that like they never said they're getting divorced. I think I was like, Oh, my parents are separating, they're gonna live, like, we're gonna live in this different house, but we're still gonna go to our old house and like, you know be able to use the pool and whatever and I remember Rachel said like oh so your parents are going to get a divorce and I got so upset and I was like no Mm -hmm. they're not and she was like yes they are everybody who separates gets a a divorce and I was like my mom you know my mom told me that they're not getting a divorce they're just Mm -hmm. separating and just getting really defensive about that because that's what I was told so that's what I believed and that's what's happening why would my mom tell me something different that Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense my mom lied to me yeah yeah and and she didn't that really was what they they had decided at the time um but like it just became more and more apparent over a few years, because they they separated September of 97 and divorced July, I think it was, of 2000. Yeah. So it was like two and a half years of just fighting and still mm-hmm. fighting after that, but you know, fighting with a court involved, you know, and like thinking about it now, like because I didn't pack my room up and because they kind of just like took what they could, I feel like there is still stuff or, I mean, not anymore, but I feel like there was still stuff from my room that like, Mm -hmm. I never got, but Like, again, my brain just protecting me. Like, I don't know if that's actually true. Yeah, and I I feel that way, too, with, um, with stuff. Like, did it all come? And I think, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I think the hardest part for me in that process was the house was like our father was still living there and then he allowed the house to just go to crap like he didn't care for it he didn't mm-hmm. so like everything was like it just felt like the like our world was in decay like our family but do you remember in- that started before yeah like we went right? yeah like not not obviously not as bad as when he finally left the house but it's like I remember before we left, there were those two holes in the kitchen that were just never repaired. Oh, yeah. See, I don't Between, think, I didn't remember that, but I do remember that now that you're saying it. Yeah, and like knowing who our parents are, if you knew them, you would immediately think that that was very strange just hearing that like holes in the kitchen that weren't repaired, like in the kitchen mm-hmm. wall. Um. But, like, my dad and my mom were the type of people that, oh, something's broken, we're going to throw some money on it and get it fixed right away mm-hmm. or buy a new one. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. fact that there were these two holes in the kitchen wall, and I remember the, ki- the way that the kitchen was, it had two swinging doors and one would go into the dining room and one yeah. would go into the hall and they were, like, what, like a foot apart at most, yeah. Like, cause it was literally just the size of the wall that yeah. separated the hallway from the dining room. And it was that wall right there that there were like the two holes Oh yeah, and they just, they, I don't know how long they were there, but they were, they were never repaired by the time dad left the house. Like they were not, they were still there. Mm-hmm. And that was just very weird because our dad made a lot of money. And so mm-hmm. that was one of those I remember thinking that that was weird that we had these holes in the wall that weren't getting fixed because that wasn't that wasn't normal that wasn't our Mm -hmm. version of normal Mm -hmm. yeah it's there's a lot of things that that weren't normal and I feel like I've blocked so much out but it's interesting to talk to you and hear your perspective because it's like my memory is coming back um mm-hmm. to those spaces. But I remember too just settling into that new house and I knew life was never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And I looked out from that bedroom and I still had a beautiful view, like another little forest that we had, and another little creek, and it was a new neighborhood but I immediately started struggling at school immediately was having problems with my friends. Like you said, I didn't know how to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. The school, unfortunately was not supportive of the changes that were happening. So we didn't have a lot of support or care from our teachers Mm -hmm. and our family, our extended family, uh, our grandparents my on our mom's side lived, live in the city. And so did our dad's parents, but it immediately turned into a, he said, she said, and we were in the middle and it was, it was really hard. It was really hard. And I think, well, I know that's when I started daydreaming to escape my reality. Mm-hmm and i would often like go to places in my mind and it's a learned trait that i still do like it's a i think it's a mechanism to cope for me but i'll take myself somewhere else in my brain like and just daydream to get out of whatever reality i was in mm-hmm. and i i um i really struggled i really struggled and I remember my mom would leave me with my siblings to go run an errand because she was a single mom. And I would feel so much responsibility for everyone mm-hmm. in that house. And there's four other kids that were also struggling as much as I was. And mm-hmm. it was it was really hard. And I don't fault my mom for, leaving me with the kids I was 13 years old I you know she had to run in the store that's not a big deal but everything felt like everything every emotion every situation just started to just build on itself and it it just everything felt explosive to me or like could be ignited really easily Mm -hmm. among everybody and I think that was really hard because we went from a place where it was kind of complacent at least for us you know it was bad but we didn't really know it was bad and our mom was manageable it was manageable and we had or at least we thought we had money to cover the problems but then we got to this new house and if anyone listening is a single mom or is a child of a single mom they know how hard it is to only have one parent in the house. I shouldn't just say single mom because there's single dads out there too. Go single parents. You guys have a tough job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's challenging and to go from a situation of having a ton of help and a lot of support to having not a lot of support. So it it was hard. It was like the dust was settling and it's kind of like Like you can look now when certain things happen in life, like even with COVID over the last year or during BLM this summer or when the terrorist groups went to Capitol Hill this January. And there's all of this chaos that's happening yet you're still being asked to go to work, go to school and function and be a normal human being. And despite the, the, the high level of emotion. And I, I think that's the one thing I've taken away from every experience that I've had is that I, we all need as humans, the time to process what's happening around us and our world the way that we've built it does not give us that space. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to just dust your boots off and keep going, you know, pull up your bootstraps and that's really hard for a child. Like, it's hard for adults. Mm-hmm. but and, and people throw around that term. It's like, kids are resilient. They're not resilient. They just, they're in survival mode. Yeah. They're not resilient. They're being traumatized. Yeah. So today we talked about our family story, just kind of the initial traumatic blow of our family separating and becoming two different units and on our next episode next month we're going to talk about kind of the fallout the next few years that we experienced with our relationships with our friends with our family members mental health um, within our own family and just some of the trauma that happened that a lot of people don't really talk about you hear about a divorce but you don't necessarily hear about the recovery or the traumatic incidences that happen um, during that time. So we want to make sure to give space to talk about that and, and let you know that it's, it's not just your family and that you're not alone. And if you went through this too, we get it. We're here for you. We would love to hear from you. If you want to email us your story or if you ever want to be a guest on the podcast, we're going to start taking guests over the summer. Um, or if you have a suggestion for a guest, we would love to hear from you at it's not just your family at gmail.com. You can also visit us on the web or on Instagram. It's not just your family. And we look forward to seeing you next month and talking to you next month because I'm seeing you, but we're not actually seeing anyone else. Well, if they want to send us a picture over DM or... Yeah, we we would love to hear from our listeners. And if you have any feedback or if you want to know more, we would love to make this an interactive experience because the only reason we're doing... This is not for fame and glory. We just want to tell our story and help other people out who might have experienced the same thing and give hope. Yes. That's all we got, folks. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.